Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. up Foley fan we are here with the all out fallout it was one of the best pay-per-views of the last four or five years this last Sunday we cannot wait to hit it from all angles pause uh, uh, I, I thought you were gonna say uh, never mind I don't know I didn't know where you're going with what did you think I was gonna say I don't know if I want to say, say it, it. it's oh. so well, well, before we get started let me preface this by saying that this is our second podcast we've recorded tonight. We just did part three of our greatest tag teams of all time, and everybody's already been drinking. So, what did you think I was going to say? I don't know Shane? why. I just thought you were. Saying, I thought we were we were going to hit it from the back. I was like just a like, motherfucking bass drum. Yeah, I don't know. Said. I was just like, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. All right, so you guys are in line for a spicy episode of the Chick Foley Show. Let's get started by welcoming the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. Like I said, we just recorded the the tag team episode, and I was like. I had a lot of fun recording that episode, but I just couldn't wait for to, to record this because I've been waiting to talk about this show since Sunday. So, hell yeah, pumped. Marco, how is life up in Massachusetts? It's it's good. Uh, the dust has settled on the weekend, so um, let's just let's just get right weekend, into it. Dude. All right, and Sheena, let the folks know where they can. Oh boy, he's here. He's here. We got a special guest this episode. Run. <laughs> All the way from Nebraska, we got the fig god himself, Jordan Wells. Jordan, what's up, man? Man, I every time I hear that fucking theme, it makes me want to run through the damn wall. And, uh, <laughs> dude. So you approve of that entrance, oh, dude? I was, hoping, I was hoping that would get a pop out of you, dude. I was like, is Seth really about to no-sell that I'm on this show? I literally <laughs> was about to say something. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, dude, I had a kayfabe, man. I had yeah. a kayfabe. Dude, I, so. I think... I think I got invited on the show because me and Seth talked about all out. I'm not kidding you guys for hours in the last couple of days. And man, I am jacked to talk about this show tonight. Hell awesome. yeah. We had, uh, as you guys know, anytime it's a Patreon exclusive episode, Jordan is right there with us and uh, we can't get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like we were all trying to figure out like, how are we going to, how are we going to tell Jordan to bounce before it's time for the regular episode? And everybody was like, you know what? Like, it's no, it's no polite way to do it. So we said, fuck it. We'll oh, my on. God. So, yeah. Nah, it, it's always true. a blast when we have Jordan join on. You know, we he, he's the unofficial fourth member of the show. He's basically like the way Brian Pillman was to the Heart Foundation. That's what Jordan is to the Chick Foley show. So he's the loose. You. He's the loose cannon. Yeah, he's the loose cannon for sure, dude. <laughs> you guys know when it's going to be a little bit spicier. You're going to get a little bit more uh, explicit language. So if you got kids, uh, maybe find one of our older, more family-friendly episodes to listen to. But it's going to be fun. Uh, Sheena, let the folks know where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. And most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. Like we just mentioned uh, a couple times, we recorded our tag team episodes. We ran down the top 25 tag teams of all time as voted on by our Foley fam. We got parts one and two already up and part three will go up sometime uh, in this in the next little bit. So 
We are starting our Royal Rumble series back up. We're going to have uh, Royal Rumble 94. We're going to do a watch along for that. We kicked off our um, Picks League. So lots and lots and lots of fun stuff going on um, over at the Foley Fam. We just did our Royal Rumble 11, our 2K Royal Rumble 11. So don't miss out. Foley Fam, uh, go to, I've said FoleyFam.com. It's ChickFoleyShow.com to join our Foley Fam. Uh, so yeah, definitely great value uh, over there. Great value like Walmart. No, no. <laughs> we're like we're like the Ray Mysterio. We're like the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci of the internet uh wrestling community. You know what I mean? No, no, no great value brand. <laughs> and uh, Jordan, you recently yeah, uh, launched a figure specific uh IG, right? I did. So I finally launched the Fig God IG. I'm gonna put some of my hunts on there. I'll probably do some live hunts on there too. Um I just want to kind of get some content rolling for that. I mean, as many hunts as I do, it's like Dude, the only people I get to see it is the 200 or so members in the Foley fam. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of people miss out on seeing that. I'm not saying I'm going to hunt for people outside the Foley fam right now. I just, I want to give it a test run and see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, documented, dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, Marco, what's new with the Pod Foundation this week? Everything. Of course, we have the uh, <laughs> the workhorses, Turnbuckle Tavern, just... Uh, just spitting out content. Obviously, this you know it was a big weekend for AEW. Um, so pretty much every day of the week, um, they have something going. So just search Turnbuckle Tavern or Pod Foundation um, to get the latest updates on uh, on Turnbuckle Tavern. And don't forget, um, this month, uh, I believe next week we have the uh, the re the rebrand, the restart of the Extra Cooler Show. Yeah, um, coming back. The, yeah, they're coming back, so they're going to be on. Uh, you know, on a weekly basis, so can't wait for uh, can wait for uh, Nick and the gang to uh, to get back to what they do best. And yeah, based us- on based on the voting for they did for their next uh, their next match, they they posted their you know their homework assignments. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a doozy. It's definitely one of my all time favorite matches. So I'm super excited. I'll give you guys a little bit of a teaser there, but uh, definitely tune in to to the Extra Cooler Show when it drops. Yep, for sure. They're always doing fun stuff over there. Um, Shane, you ready to give away? This Survivor Series Elite Keith Lee. Oh yeah! All right. So again, to uh, to win this one, you had to show some love to Ringside and uh, DM a screenshot to Sheena showing that you used our code for a Ringside Collectibles purchase. Let's hit the drums. The winner of Survivor Series Keith Lee is Brian Vermeer. Brian. Please hit us up, uh, send us He's your a address. Fan member, so. I know I mispronounced his name. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he definitely let us know that I, I uh, mispronounced his name, which I asked, you know, I was putting a little bit too much French stank on it, you know, I was like, Vermeer. You know? Vermeer. Um, but it's a, uh, it's good old Vermeer. I can, I can get down with that. You know, Brian Vermeer. It sounds like somebody from my neck of the woods, you know? So hit us up with your address. Congrats, dude. Killer figure. Uh, stoked for you to have it. Yeah. And our next giveaway, we're going to be doing, Elite 86 Triple H. This is his iconic look from SummerSlam 1998 with the uh, metallic purple pants. Uh, this is going to be one where we're going to ask you guys to drop a review for the Chick Foley show to uh, be entered. So again, if you've already dropped a review, just update it to bump it up to the top. This helps uh, iTunes um, you know, generate some promotion for us. Um, if you want multiple entries, grab, you know, your brother, your cousin, your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, lover, whoever, uh, grab their phone, drop multiple reviews. You can get multiple entries. Um, but yeah, this is a great figure from the SummerSlam line and we'll be giving it away. We'll announce the winner at the start of next week. 
All right. And also we have um, some brand new pint glasses. We put the link in our bio. Uh, they are rip roaring and ready to go for the fall season. They have our Halloween Havoc logo on them. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, perfect for your stouts. Yeah. Your, uh, your, you know, your pumpkin beers, any, anything that you want is the, the any of your fall flavor order. profiles, or if you just want to cram a Miller light in there, that's totally cool too. <laughs> but yeah, um, beautiful pint glasses. We have posted the link and the, the link will be in the show notes as well. So you can support the show that way and get yourself a killer uh, glass and, you know, always supporting the Chick-fil-A merch. Hell yeah. And any of our partners that you hear us mention during this show, uh, we'll have links in the show notes so you can just swipe up and uh, and visit those. We want to remind you guys to use code Chick-fil-A to save 10% on all your ringside purchases. And uh, are you guys ready to talk about All Out? Oh, Run. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's get into it. So All Out wrapped up on Sunday night. It was a hell of a show. Um, I, st- I still think they probably could have done a little bit better on the main event for Christian and uh, Kenny Omega, just because I'd never really bought Christian as somebody that was going to take the AEW championship. But with everything that they had planned for the ending of the show, it makes sense to not burn through yeah. like you know a really must see match um, for that one. And, and it was a hell of a match. Yeah, it's still a great delivered. match. That that uh, one winged angel off the second rope was just crazy. Um, but it was a hell of a show. Sheena, give me your overall kind of just t- big, big picture takeaways on All Out 2021. Well, if it tells you anything, you know, we had how many matches were on the card? It was a pretty it was a pretty bloated card for AEW. Ten yeah, 10 matches. Um, and I didn't feel like the show dragged at all. Like, you know, sometimes when there's like 10 matches, you're like, God, you know, even even with Paul White crammed in there, I felt like it, it still flowed really they well. They kept that one short. I think that match only lasted yeah. like three or four minutes. And exactly. it was Paul White's first match. Exactly, back. which just goes to show you, like, they know how to do something like that versus like WWE does a 10-minute freaking Miz and Morrison segment at the end of a oh. show at, at 11.30 at night. cussing at my TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, even though we had to have, you know, a, a big show match on on the card, um, you know, they, they, did it, they did it correctly. And I just thought the show overall was amazing. The, the match quality was amazing. Uh, Clearly, we know we're going to get into everything that happened at the end of the show. But I mean, I was just watching it with my mouth, like my jaw dropped open, just like, oh, my gosh, like what like what more can happen? You know, and then more happened. And I I just I haven't been that excited and I haven't felt that good about wrestling um, in a very, very long time. I think wrestling fans collectively, we were marking out by the end of that show. Uh, Marco, what do you think, man? Did you love All Out as much as us? Uh, Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if it. If you're if you're a professional wrestling fan, you definitely love that pay per view um, from top to bottom. Obviously, you, you know the the low light for me would would probably be the Paul White match, but obviously it wasn't it wasn't long. Like you guys said, it was yeah like three minutes, so it wasn't that bad. But um, other than that, no, definitely definitely probably I mean pay per view of the year so far. Am I am I am I? Yeah, booking? I have no I, mean, I have no issues with that. Yeah, we still have a few more months left where. Uh, you know, obviously, there's going to be a couple more pay per views popping up, but um, yeah, no, they definitely, they they definitely let that uh, like just the time of it was was awesome. Like it did, like you said, it didn't feel like it dragged at all. It was just action packed from I mean, top the, to bottom. The, like here, here's this should just tell you everything you need to know. CM Punk had his first match in seven years and it wasn't even the best it wasn't even like the talk of the show it's a borderline afterthought yeah yeah it was like it was crazy you know i mean it was like that moment was epic too it just goes to show you how how amazing the 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 whole card was because Mm -hmm. there were so many big moments that it just felt like you know the cm punk wrestling for the first time in seven years was just like oh yeah that happened too you know that was cool (laughs) uh 
Jordan, uh, are, are you on board with us, man? Was it your show of the year so far? Man, that was my show of the... It's been a long time since I can say I enjoyed a wrestling show that much, honestly. Like like yeah. Sheena said, it was four hours, and I swear to you, I never once felt like there was any part of it that I was like, oh my god, we gotta watch this. Yeah. It just it, it flowed so well, the way they put the matches together. I was a little bit worried, honestly, when they started off with Miro and Eddie Kingston, because I honestly thought that could steal the show. I'm like, god damn, they're gonna run this out there huh. first? Because, yeah. dude, th- those two guys... I mean, they they went off on each other, man. That just that set the start of the night. I'm like, dude, if this is what we're gonna start with, this is gonna kill tonight. So yeah, I loved it. Hell yeah, man! It was really incredible show. Um, match of the night, Marco. You can kick it off, man. What, what was your bet? What was your pick for match of the night, man? I think yeah. I mean, you'd be remiss if you didn't go with the uh, the Bucks and the Bros. Remiss the unofficial word of uh, Sheena and Marco. Yeah, yeah. Just see, yeah, the Bucks and the Bros going at the uh, in the sail cage. That was that was definitely bro the, versus bro. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely the uh, the highlight of the of the pay per view. You could definitely go with you know a lot of the other matches. Um, that match was just insane. Uh, yeah, I knew when they, I knew yeah. when they caged those guys together that we were just in for a treat. I knew yeah. like you know I mean, we we've seen those guys fight several times at this point, but it's just it was just a whole nother level. Yeah, see the, you know? the match that stuck out to me that they had the top was that ladder match that they had for the, uh, for oh, the yeah. AAA yeah, tag yeah, team yeah. title. So like that was it. That was the that was a benchmark for me. Um, for them going, that was at uh, yeah. double or that was at the first double or nothing, yes. right? 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So like that that was that was a benchmark for that. Obviously they they fought after that, but that was like that was a that was a lot of people's match of the year when that match happened. Mm-hmm. So like just to put them in another type of gimmick match with the cage, yeah, you knew it was definitely going to be something special, and uh, yeah, that's definitely match of the night for me. No question. Yeah, it was it was incredible, man. I, I actually I'll go past match of the night. I think that's my number two all time favorite cage match now, behind Bretton Owen at SummerSlam '94. Wow, like, it was it was crazy. It was it was a lot of it was a spot fest like we thought it would be, but the spots mattered. You know, it wasn't yeah. just spots for spots' sake. And there were some cool emotional moments in there too. Um, I thought it was, you know, I kind of marked out as a as an older brother. I marked out at that point when uh, when Matt took out Phoenix. And uh, Penta took out uh, Nick Jackson, and it was just the big brothers going one on one there in the center of the ring. I thought that was that was pretty cool how they worked that. Uh, but yeah, f- to me that was hands down match of the night, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's auto- automatically the front runner for match of the year at this point for um, sure. Sheena, Jordan, either one of you guys have any uh, difference of opinion on match of the night? No, I think that was definitely. I mean, if you're just talking collectively, bell to bell, um, match of the night, that's one hundred percent. Jordan. Cage match was definitely the match of the night, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, <laughs> Mox and Kojima absolutely killed it too, man. I loved that match. It, it, it Mox is just so much better now. Like I, I feel like I say this every time I watch one of his matches. I'm like, God damn, dude! When he's not doing the bullshit like the lunatic fringe, this dude is unreal. Like. It, every one of his matches is exciting to watch, and I love that yeah. match. But yeah, the the cage match killed it. I, I and love he that still match. feels like you know the thing is, is like in WWE he was so over exaggerated, which was cool. I love Dean Ambrose. Like don't get don't get anything that I'm about to say twisted. But we still know that Dean Ambrose or Mox is unhinged, and he's the lunatic fringe without all of the over dramatization. You know, like he just feels unhinged you know like yeah. I, don't, I don't know it's just an energy that he puts off he doesn't have to do all the facials and like you know the the pacing and all the the crazy stuff you i know? still think even with all the new debuts and 
Um, you know, the run Kenny Omega has been on. I still feel like Mox is still the biggest star that they have in AEW. He's just got same thing I, I mentioned about like Nick Gage, like Mox just has the authenticity, man. Like he's got the, the, yeah. the emotional connection with the fans. I think it's really him and Hangman. Or in Darby, that's probably the three that got that the most with the AEW fans right now. Yeah, and if you listen to any interview that Mox does, he did a really great interview with Renee on her on her podcast where he did, he just talks about like he does not care at all about like being a celebrity, being a star, any of that. Like he just loves pro wrestling and he just loves the art and the sport of it, and like that is what his his whole purpose there is. And you can just tell, you know, he's yeah. not tr- he's not trying to put himself over to be like you know the next rock or you know the next celebrity going to hollywood or anything like that like he's there to be the best freaking wrestler that there is and uh you know he does a damn good job hell yeah um jordan what was your letdown of the night Uh, i'm not gonna say this is a total letdown but man jericho and mjf for me i i just didn't feel this one i i don't know why it just i I don't know man i okay so i'm just gonna say this straight out I wanted MJF to win that match because I feel like he's like right on the cusp of being like a super heel, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I just don't want Jericho to hang around too long. The dude is 50 years old. Like I just showing his age. We talked about it last week. Like the age is starting to show. Uh, He's still entertaining. Um, He's, he's able to work around it, but I I really feel like it's come on big time in the last three or four months. He's really starting to show his age a little bit. You can see he's lost. Yeah. He has a lot. He has a lot to add to the company and to the brand. Like I'm not saying, you know, he should like, you know, go, go away. But I feel like, I feel like, yeah, being in like this main event spot, just wrestling every week. There's no shame in it, man. I mean, yeah, the dude, he's like we said, he's the Emmett Smith of wrestling. Man. Yeah. So, you know, but eventually, yeah, he's going to run out of gas. It's so. funny. It's funny that you chose this as your letdown of the night, Jordan, because I have I have here. I just like made a note because my biggest letdown of the night was Jericho's music. I was so pissed. I told Seth, I was like, dude, something is wrong with this guitar. Like there is something that that is amiss with uh, with this. So uh, I, I just felt like you weren't able to sing along to it. They should have just played the track, dude. You know, if they wanted to have a little guitar intro and yeah. then into the into the original track. But everybody was there. They were so hyped. They wanted to sing Judas and they just couldn't because that guitar was, was just whack. Like, I don't know if it was yeah. the acoustics in the, in the arena or what. the guitar what. sounded okay, but, you know, the dude was freestyling it. He was basically playing the vocals of the song as a solo. Yeah. And the fans just couldn't find the beat. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was, they, they could never really get on beat and it just didn't connect. I think it would have been cool, as like you said, Sheen, do like a a 30 second intro with that and then hit the regular music. But the fact that they did that first whole entrance, yeah, it just, yeah, it, it, it kind of just killed the vibe going into it. I felt like, I felt like yeah. everybody was just kind of like, Oh, cause you know, you, yeah. the biggest, the coolest yeah. thing that happens is when every, it, it drops off, the music drops off and everybody just continues singing Judas, you know, like it's just acapella yep. and that didn't get to really happen. So you could even, uh, someone had a still of uh, Jericho's face as he was walking down. He, he, you can see on his face, he was kind of like, Ooh, this dude, is kind of bad. I said like, that. Ew. I said that. I said he looked back. I said I told Seth. I was like, dude, he just looked back at the guitar player. Like, yeah, like, this uh, isn't working. Like something's not. Something's not going right here. I mean, there's no. I mean, he's no Rick Boogs. I mean, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And yeah, the guitar player is one of his best friends too, which makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's the guitar player for Fozzie. Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's that. I'm not saying his guitar playing skills are bad, but that just that entrance didn't work, you know. So it yeah, just kind of that that yeah. match was a little bit, you know, not my flavor. And then uh, I think the guitar player he was really trying to get his shit in and yeah, show off all his tweaks yeah. and flourishes and stuff. Whereas if he would have played it a little bit more simple, 
where the fans could find the beat and sing along to it, I think it would have came off as like a lot bigger Way deal more cool, cooler, yeah. yeah. I, I love Jericho's difference he had. Um, I think it was Revolution 2020. The With match, the when he, yeah, when he lost the belt to uh, uh, Mox, to Mox, um, where yeah, they had the choir sing it, but then it still ended up hitting the regular uh, mm-hmm. Judas music. Yeah. I think that they should have done something similar to that instead of just doing the the solo guitar all the way yeah. to the ring. Um, speaking of stuff that wasn't a letdown, Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot. She made her debut as the uh, the Joker in the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, Marco, what do you think, man? Um, what did you think of her debut? And it's been a little bit of a uh, minor controversy. Do you think that she deserved to go over Thunder Rosa? We'll, we'll break kayfabe a little bit on this, and we'll just go behind the scenes, talk about the booking. Uh, do you think it was the right call to have her go over Thunder Rosa in the, uh, the final two of that Battle Royale? Uh, yes, because I haven't read anywhere where it said otherwise, personally. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone's had any gripes of you know, Thunder Rosa not winning that at all that I've read anyway, or that I've seen, unless you guys seen otherwise. I've I've Um, seen some gripes because Thunder Rosa has been the one kind of, she's been there at AEW for a while. You know, she had the, the match that I think really elevated Britt Baker to be like a true blue superstar. People forget Thunder Rosa won that match. performance, But she lost and Thunder Rosa won, but somehow, Uh, it elevated Britt Baker more than it did Thunder Rosa. Yeah, so. so I mean that speaks to it then, right there. I mean if that no, was no, but, but, but if they if Britt would have been fighting any other person in that match, Britt Baker would not have it would not have been that match, and she would not have gotten the the flowers that uh you know that she ended up getting after yeah. that match, and like, I, which which basically like rocketed her you know yeah. into the women's title. I love Ruby. I got I, I got no problem with Ruby going over. I think she yeah. was wildly underused, especially on the main roster of WWE. I thought NXT did a good job with her, but I, I thought the Riot Squad had way more potential than they were ever allowed to to really explore on the main roster. Mm-hmm. So I got no problem with her being made to be a big deal in AEW. But but yeah, I kind of would have liked to see uh, Thunder Rosa go over. I would have um, liked to see Thunder Rosa go over because I would have been perfect on the Picks League, dude. Yeah, that, 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 that cost me like six freaking hard. points or something. I was so freaking pissed so it's off. Like the only reason why you wanted her to win, you didn't want her to win to get a title <laughs> match at Britt Baker. You know, if, if, I, if, if yeah, if anything, if it was, if all picks were off the table, like if it didn't matter, yeah, I, I would have probably been pulling for Ruby, but uh, just because you know, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I, I popped to see Ruby come back, but I think, yeah, I was really pulling for Thunder Rosa. I think too a little bit like uh, Ruby, even like her entrance when she when she was like when she was revealed as a Joker, like that crowd went insane. Like she got like a yeah. the hugest pop. I mean, she almost like cried. It was, it was cool. I think it was really cool because um, she, you could tell she the music hit and she came out and she was trying to like put on this like you know I'm here to kick everyone's yeah, ass and like she empty, empty this ring, but she couldn't <laughs> even hold it back. And it was yeah, like it was, it was like such a deserved moment. It wasn't like that kind of like Sasha Banks like crying in the middle of the ring moment. Like yeah. I was I was genuinely happy for for Ruby whenever that happened because you could just tell she could not hold back the smile seeing like how much people loved her and wanted to see her there and how much um you know how much uh love she got. And that theme song's uh it slaps so hard when it when it comes on that Ruby Soho. It's it's good. Definitely it's a perfect theme. Oh yeah. Um the Brett the Babyface has just awoken from his uh his slumber. So Sheena's tended to him, so she'll be out of the uh the mix 
for the next couple of minutes. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's still working on his uh, nighttime potty training. So sometimes he needs an escort to get to the bathroom when he gets uh, up, you know, he'll literally get up and he'll get out of bed and everything, but he'll wake us up to say, Hey, I need somebody to take me to the bathroom. So <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, my son does that too. Sometimes, <laughs> um, Jordan, you are probably the biggest women's wrestling fan of anyone I know. Uh, what, what was your take on the, the casino battle Royale? So, I, I guess my main thing is like I get people being upset that Thunder Rosa didn't win, but here's my thing, man, dude. Until Britt got that title, like the women's division in AEW was on like life hundred percent, bro. So like, okay, so we had Thunder Rosa there that entire time. So what makes everyone think that she should be the champion right now? Like, dude, they need new stars really bad. So mm-hmm. what better way to build a new star? Bring in Ruby. Everybody loves her. She was poorly used, as Seth said. Dude, let's get her right in the mix right away and show everyone this chick is going to be a big deal in this company. Like, dude, they have to build stars. That women's division, they just – they haven't been able to keep any momentum going. Like, Britt is obviously killing it, but, like, who else is going with her right now? Like, I mean, yeah, Thunder Rosa is great, and everybody talks about Statlander, but it's like, dude, they need someone else that can, like, keep pace with Britt because – I mean, right now, dude, there's nobody that can hang with her. It, it, well, it's not even that, too. It's like it's the it's obviously the in ring stuff, but it's the mic, the mic work as well. Like, yeah, what women have they given the ability to, to you know, go off on the mic like they do with Britt Baker? Like, there hasn't been anyone really there um, that's yeah. able to do that like she does. So, like, I mean, Ruby So is going to be that. I think she's going to be that that uh, the lady to do that. She's going to be able to hang with her on the mic. Um, and it's it's just going to elevate. It's not obviously you want it. You want who you want to win. Um, a lot of people wanted Thunder Rosa to win, but she's just not in that position to do so. Not in the skill set, um, but obviously in the mic work. So like you need that other type of superstar for Britt Baker to go after, or, or uh, that uh, superstar to go after Britt Baker um, for that title to like to elevate the women's division more. And then from there you can you know start. You know, elevating the Anna Jays and the the Thunder Roses and the, the Tay Contes and all that stuff. So, like, yeah, it's it's the Brandy Rhodes, the Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, Obviously. when she comes back, I mean, she's definitely number one contender. I can't wait till Brand uh, Brand Brand Brand's coming and taking that title away. But no, you definitely need uh, you definitely need the 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 star power in that in the women's division specifically. So, I mean, nothing against Thunder Rosa, but you know, Ruby Soho is just that. She right place, right time. Dude, when when women's wrestling is really good, they have five or six top stars. Exactly. AEW right now has one, maybe two. Like, dude, they have to get more stars if they're going to. And they've said numerous times they want to put, like, more push behind the women's division. But, dude, somebody has to prove that they can take it and go with it. Like, they can't just keep putting Britt out there and being like, all right, man, she'll put this girl over and it'll get her over. Because it's clearly not working. Like, dude, nobody's getting over outside of Britt. Like, yeah. They gotta, so they got to try anything at this point because yeah. I do. I love women's wrestling, man. It, it's awesome when it's good and when it's bad, it's fucking awful. And dude, for the most part, AEW's women's division has been awful. I mean, they're extremely lucky that Britt got over the way she did because yeah. it was on life support, man. It was bad. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of spoiled too in the sense that we've we've seen the best already in, in NXT and WWE when it comes to women. So like we're going to be as, as wrestling fans are going to be more skeptical of another women's division than anything. 
So we just want, I mean, like you said, I mean, you just want the best. You right. want AEW to succeed in their, in their women's division. True, um, but I mean they're making moves, so uh, you can't you cannot deny that. I mean, with the addition of of Ruby, I mean that that's a huge move, right? And I mean, if if they bring in somebody like the Iconics or something like that, I mean that that's pretty big, big time. Yeah, you know so, what I mean? Because yeah. you have to remember, they're still a small company. I believe me, I have I have dragged the AEW was AEW women's division probably as much as anybody out there. Um, yep. because I, I just, I know that they're capable of more, you know what I mean? They just yep. haven't given it the time. Um, but I, I can't deny that they're, they're kicking it up a notch. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're trying to build. They're not just, they're not leaving it like I mean, they were. NXT's just set the bar so high though. that it's Yeah. Tough. yeah it's, they're making steps in the right direction. They're way better off now than they were, you know, three or four months ago. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we all watched on this. We all trajectory. we all got to watch Trish Stratus growing up, so I mean the best uh, the goat. I mean what, what else? Yeah, what else she do you want? We're so, we're yeah. so spoiled. We know Jordan loves Trish Stratus like dude. That, that's one thing. She is that, a goat. That is one thing that AEW really does need to do. They need to try to get a couple of women's legends in there, not for wrestling purposes. I'm not saying for wrestling. They purposes. got Vicky Guerrero. Okay, let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they need to get a couple legends in there to like to help the girls because dude, these girls just like, sometimes they're out there and they look like they're out at the middle of the sea without a raft. I mean, they literally look like they have no yeah. idea what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Like you can, yeah. you can see them looking like around, like what, what are we supposed to do? Like, yeah, yeah, you definitely need no like a direction. Yeah. Like a Victoria, Mickey James, maybe like to get, to get in there. And Tammy Sitch. Tammy Sitch. Definitely. Yep. Wow, that's that's two times that we've we brought up uh, Sunny on this uh, this this recording session for our, our Patreon exclusive, and then tonight I was not expecting to hear Sunny twice today. AEW's like you know the hardcore like capital H hardcore fans. Imagine if they brought the Bellas in, dude. Imagine if Nikki Bella came oh, in. Oh my god! And had Bree oh, backing her up. You know, it's it's not a possibility, Daniel. Br- it's yeah, not impossible. Daniel in the company now. Imagine the heat if the Bellas come in and fuck. Britt Baker out of the title. So, you know what I mean? Like, but Britt here's helps the thing. To interfere in Nikki. Imagine Nikki as the AEW Women's oh Champion. That heat is so, so, rain down on the ring. Yeah. But you know what? But here's the thing. Like, so you, so we all agree that we want the women's division in AEW to be successful yep. and, and be notarized, right? What better right. way for them to come in and do that? Not not because it's not taking the title away and all that stuff, but just like the Bella Twins being in AEW would definitely skyrocket that lady, the women's division. Dude, you but, guys know I'm on record. Dude, Nikki Bella can go, dude. Nikki Bella, by she the can. time she was done, she was an awesome worker, especially as a powerhouse women's wrestler. She was really, really good. Yes. Yeah. Her, her match against Ronda in the main event of uh, Evolution. And and Brie is cool as an annoying sidekick. Yes. Dude. Brie is really good as a heel sidekick, like yep. just being a pain in the ass. Yeah, oh, man. And dude, if you can go back and listen to my my debut appearance on the, the turnbuckle debate, I, I had a full-on, um, you know, like session on on the Bellas and why they deserve to be Hall of Famers and all this stuff. And dude, it would just be so like the thing that they did, the Bellas brought wrestling, women's wrestling specifically and wrestling into the mainstream. Like they made it popular for people who were not wrestling fans. So all of that Bella army, they have millions of fans, millions of fans that would tune in every week to see the Bellas, whether you like them, whether or not, they are a freaking draw and they can, I mean, and like Seth said, they can go, they are wrestlers. They're not like the Eva Marie type. You know what I mean? Like they legit can 
Well, Brie or Nikki, Nikki can go. Can. Yeah, Brie. Brie's pretty much a botch fest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Liv Morgan. But uh, but dude, so many more people would be watching AEW to see the Bellas, um, and then get sucked in just like they did with WWE. So I, I, I would not, I would not be opposed to that at all. And if they did a, you know, AEW reality show, yeah, other than the, I, I bet Brand Brand, Brand Brand wouldn't let that happen. What? She wouldn't let. There's uh, only one road to yeah. the top. That's the only one that exists. <laughs> no other one. I, I know Seth ain't gonna want this to go on any longer, so I'm gonna say one more thing, dude. The elephant in the room. Charlotte is going to end up in AEW. If I I'm think in charge, so too, if dude. I'm in charge of that women's division, I'm telling those chicks right now, you guys better fucking figure it out. Because when Charlotte shows up, there ain't no more training wheels. She ain't gonna slow it down for any of you guys. <laughs> yeah. like, so you better figure out how to wrestle. Because if not, she's gonna slap the shit out of you when you guys are in the ring. Like, it, yeah, it, it, I have it, a I have a feeling that's happening. We need dude. somebody to uh, to dig deep and get the details on Charlotte's contract. Because yeah, you know, Ric Flair's gone, Andrade's gone. It feels like it's a matter of time before we see no. Ashley. Flair She's gonna get fired. No, everyone yeah. everyone cares about uh um Kevin Owens contract expiring in January. Dude, which Charlotte's is months away from now. Charlotte's gonna yeah. get fired before her contract runs out. Watch. You think so? Yeah. No way. Dude, I think that I think there's I think there's a fire building with that Nia Jax thing. I think something's gonna happen. And you dude. think and you think in your mind oh, that on. Vince would be like, Hey, we're gonna hang on to Nia. And Hold we're on. going to fire Charlotte so. Flair. Are you freaking let's, let's mental? Let's, let's, Jordan. let's not cut him up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Was it guess? I'm not saying that they're going to fire her. I'm not going to say they're going to fire her and be like, all right, in 30 days you can go work for AEW. Hold on. I'm saying she could be get fired. At, no, it'll be longer than that. They'll <laughs> somehow find a way because they'll be like, well, you were still under contract this long. It, they'll, she'll end up getting fired and it'll be like a year. Just, I'm, I'm just telling you, I could feel it coming. Like, dude, with her dad leaving and now, I mean, it, it's it, everything's off now that her dad's not there to me. Like, anything yeah. can happen at this point. Yeah, 100%. I would love to see it, dude. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the other AEW fans think, but I would love to see it. AEW is definitely where it's at. If you're a true wrestling fan, I mean, WWE is always going to be WWE. It's the you know, it's the Kleenex of wrestling. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the Coca Cola of wrestling. Like we're always going to pay attention <laughs> to WWE, but the most hit brand right now is definitely AEW. That's where the most exciting stuff is happening, and they're giving the fans what they want. I think uh, when me and Jordan were texting about it right after the show, he said like. They literally gave us like all the outcomes we wanted. They didn't swear for Swerve's sake, you know. Um, in WWE, it feels like a lot of times they're doing what they think is going to entertain Vince, whereas in AEW, they're giving the fans what they want. Um, and I feel like sometimes it's an ego thing. Like they think, oh, no, we know better than you idiot Mark fans. Like, you know, no, we're not going to go that direction. We're going to go this direction because we're so much more creative and smarter than you. You know what I mean? And it's just like, just listen to us. I mean, do you guys remember when the authority was like, we're going to oh, listen to God. you guys. Like you guys are the authority. You <laughs> know, what happened to us being the authority, you know? <laughs> no, it lasted yeah. one week. Yeah, yeah it was one week. <laughs> I don't think it lasted one week. I don't even think that show was very good. So it was I like, mean, uh, Mick Foley said it too in that video that he posted that people oh, were just yeah, like, Mick Foley, yeah. him like crazy. Like people just like, there's so many angry WWE fans. Like I, I almost like, I almost like gave up on Twitter a couple of days ago. Cause it's like the amount of like toxicity and negativity yeah. is insane. Like he, he, him being a legend himself, and him coming out and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm here. I'm here to help you, WWE. Here's what you need to do." He's like, "If I'm a young up and coming, if I'm a young Mick Foley, right? 
up and coming right now as a wrestler, I'm not so sure I want to put my career in the hands of WWE. Um, And that's what he's basically saying. Like it's AEW is a destination. There's another destination now. And that's like, you can, you could say it's a smaller company. You can say all these, like put all these facades up as you want. Like AEW's here. Right? Yeah, it's it like, it's like if you're going, it's like vacations. You know, you can say you can go to Disney World and be like, oh, all you have to say to somebody is like, oh my gosh, like I went to Disney World. And people are like, wow, I bet you had the best time. It yeah, was so yeah. amazing. But then you know, you may actually have had more fun if you had went to some little like you know a regional theme park yeah. where it's like the roller coasters are really freaking badass. Like the but food's even, badass. Like have a lot of attractions and yeah. things like that. And it's like it's a little more gritty, a little bit less flair, but it, it, you're gonna have way more fun because they yeah. bu- they built it for the people. You know what yeah, I mean? They exactly. built it for action and they built it for um, you know you to just go in and like have the time of your life. Whereas Disney is like that sanitized like experience, and it's all under like the Disney umbrella. I feel like WWE is like that. And you gotta, and you gotta, and just, you gotta think too. Like WWE is, is like, as much as you think, like they don't know their fans. They, they know their fans to a point where they don't have to. They, it seems like they don't think they have to change anything. They don't have to yeah. change a formula whatsoever. That's what it seems like to me when it when it comes to WWE and the way they treat their fans. I'm a fan yeah. of WWE. I love watching it. I love aid. I'm just a wrestling fan in general, so I'm gonna watch everything. But like the hardcore. WWE fans are going to like whatever is put out where yeah. I feel like we're the ones that are fighting for the, you know, for the, for a change, like the very few wrestling fans that want to see yeah. different types of things. And I think it's kind of like a losing battle. That's why Mick Foley came out and made that thing and said, Hey, you, I, I'm here to help as, as, you know, as a WWE legend, but as, as a young Mick Foley and I'm up and coming, I'm not going to WWE. I'm going to AEW, especially yeah. with the acquisition of like Daniel Bryan, um, Adam Cole, which I think is a huge loss. Like that's a huge loss yeah. at WWE. Like if he hit the main roster, no doubt in my mind, uh, he would have probably maybe have been equal to Roman Reigns or maybe surpassed him if he was on the if he was on the main roster long enough. If they or if they wanted to put as much stuff behind him as they would, but obviously that's a missed opportunity now and he's not there. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just a, you know, like I said, it's a losing battle for the the wrestling fan in general when you, if you want WWE to change cuz I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I I uh, guess one thing that I really don't understand is like people I I get like your hardcore WWE mark, like I get it. I I completely understand it and you don't want to root for the other guy cuz it's so little company like I get it. But yeah. dude, what is wrong with competition like Dude, WWE was in such a funk until WCW brought the heat. Like, dude, mm. it, it was not a good show. And then they had the Monday Night Wars, and it got wrestling to a point where I don't think anybody ever knew it could get back to. Like, exactly. I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand what's wrong with AEW, like, doing good. Like, I yeah, love competition's like, great, man. Yeah, and I, and I love wrestling. Like, I don't care what company it is. Like, dude, if it's good wrestling, I'm going to watch it. I don't care what it is. And people are lying to themselves if they really think that this five-year run of WWE has been, like, some quality, like, groundbreaking stuff. Like, dude, that show has been 
they've been on their same course for five years. Like they're especially the, Raw, dude. Yeah, Raw's yeah. been decent, but Raw's been horrible, man. Yeah, yeah and there have been there have been moments like you know, again, we've been extremely optimistic for WWE. Like we're we're not like you know, I mean, we're we not latch onto the positives. Yeah, we try. Yeah. We we do. We try to latch onto the positives, and we kind of just like omit all the all the crap, you know, because who wants to hear about that? You know, you had to watch it on Monday night. We're not trying to rehash it on on the show, you know. But uh, I, I just feel like. Like you said, it just all feels the same. Like if you go back and like you think of the last five years, like all of those Raws over the last five years, they all feel like the exact same. You know what I mean? Like they just feel like they have the same. Know, it's, it's, it's like missionary every single <laughs> night. You know, like we're, that doesn't interest, that doesn't that interest doesn't us. us. It doesn't motivate us, you know? <laughs> Dude, I, I, oh, think, I think a part of WWE's problem too is like, when it comes to making new stars, like, dude, the, yeah, they made the shield into mega stars 100%. But, like, dude, outside of that, like, I mean, yeah, Becky got herself over with that thing, with the whole heel thing that she did. But, I mean, dude, outside and of actually, that. actually, Nia, Nia's the one that got Becky yeah, over. Yeah, the <laughs> Becky's the one, yeah. It was over, but it didn't really go to another level until that totally random incident when uh, when Nia busted her nose open. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like they go back to what works every single time. And I get it. Like, dude, I get going with what's familiar. Like, it, it's it's 100%. It works. It's worked for them in the past. But, dude, at some point, you got to build somebody new up so where people are like, oh, shit, is this person going to take down Roman Reigns? Like, dude, yeah. who in on SmackDown right now is anybody like, oh, man, this is going to be the dude that takes down Roman? There's nobody. I mean, yeah, nope. they, could, they could possibly bring back the demon to do it. But, I mean, outside and of who that. Are like, the biggest, who are the biggest names from, you know, you know, quote, unquote, new my bunny quotes here, like, developmental that have like made their way up the ranks and are in the main event picture. You know what I mean? Like the the main event picture has been the same for the last like, like five years. I mean, you you could have watched it like three years ago and come back today and be like, Oh yeah, that guy's still here. You know, like, Oh wow. You know, he must've been really, really good. Look at the amount of call-ups that they've botched in the last five years, dude. It ain't like NXT didn't have a ton of talent. I mean, Damn, dude, they they were throwing out like top five star matches every pay per view, and then they call him up, and it's like Bobby Roode. All right, here's what we're gonna do with you. We're gonna turn they you into a shit name. bag. He's Robert Roode. Yeah. We're gonna turn you into a shit bag. Here, we'll take Keith Lee's entrance music, which everyone loves. We'll uh, we'll put and you we'll in put a him shirt. in some baggy ass shorts. Like, dude, why? Like, I, I just, I, it, why do you change what works? Like. Dude, just because Isn't that you, the point of developmental is yeah. to like work out the kinks and figure out what works and what's what gets over, and then you like completely just toss all that. You just throw it all away. Like you've spent years on these guys fine-tuning them and getting them to a point where they're so over, and then you just want to like wash it all away. I, I don't I talk, understand. I mean, I we talk, could spend we could spend three days talking about how all the shit that WWE could do to, to make themselves better. Um, you know, I don't want to get us going down this, yeah. you know, complete negative. We've, we have, so we have so much positive stuff to talk about right now that, that I don't want to, be, to. So maybe I think we should do Royal Rumble 94. And then maybe the next Patreon episode after that, it should be the chick Foley show fixes WWE. You know, me, yeah. you know, the four of us can get together and just toss out our ideas and brainstorm and debate what the key issues are and what they could do to fix them. I think yeah. that could be a really fun episode. Um, Let's do it. But yeah, like we could go for hours. I mean, I could yeah. talk all night about the stuff that they've done wrong. Yeah. Um, and I'll just, it's really the missed potential because the yes. roster, even with all the cuts they've made in the last couple of years, I still think they have a roster that is as talented or maybe even more talented than anything they've ever had in the history oh, yeah. of the, uh, 
of their existence and they just they're just wasting it away but let, let's stick with AEW for now yeah, um let's talk about cm pants i mean cm punk uh <laughs> sheena what did you think of uh of his new ring attire and then uh you know kind of just some overall thoughts on his return yeah so you know in wwe he wore he wore trunks uh which was cool um but I, I'm a fan of pants myself. I love. So it's when main he event pants. Yeah, we call them yeah. championship pants around here. And whenever he came out in pants, I was like, because I had mentioned it the week before. I was like, do you think he's going to wear the same the same ring gear, you know? Um, and then he actually came out in pants. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And after the initial like, whoa, this is cool. Punks and pants um, shock wore off. I was like, I was kind of like dissecting his ring gear and like the pants. And it just, there was something missing. Like, it's not that he's wearing pants. It's that they just felt unfinished. It's almost like he like was like, oh shit. You know, and the, like the, the tailor didn't get everything done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. There were so many things. Like, I felt like he either needed some kick pads or some knee pads or like, you know, the, his, a his belt, maybe I was going to say a belt because his, uh, his pants felt like yoga pants or like workout pants. You know, they had like the, the design down the side, but they had nothing along the top. So it was just like this, like elastic band. And even though, you know, like Seth Rollins, pants, like, even though it's not a like a functional him. belt, like it's just looks like a belt. So it looks like it's actual like pants being held up, you know, yeah. um, I feel like it needed something like that. I, I'm here for it. I, I, I like the punk pants, but I think they need a little bit of tweaking, to make him like champion to, to make them championship pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause pants can definitely elevate you. You know what I mean? Bret Hart's pants. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Seth Rollins, my favorite wrestlers all wear pants. Bobby Lashley, look how over he got when he, when he went to pants, you yeah. know? Jordan, um, but not, what do you think, man? Jordan, are you a trunks or a pants guy? I, I prefer Jordan pants. Likes the singlet. Oh no, no, hold on. I prefer <laughs> pants with no shirt on. I got to see the titty meat. Like we, we yeah. got to, we got to get the titty meat flapping. <laughs> Jordan, that was the biggest thing that was holding Roman Reigns back yeah. from like 2014 yeah, to 2020. Jordan in. always wanted Roman I to take that vest it. off. I yeah. told it. He didn't become a megastar until he took the vest off. I told you guys. <laughs> no, you, you got to show. You got to the main roster. I know. Yeah. Now you got to whip him out, man, to be a main to be a main. Oh, yeah. uh, Main attraction. That's right. Oh, yeah. Um, the ending of the show was just legendary. It was cool enough when Adam Cole came out, and then they followed it up with Daniel Bryan, um, you know, coming out to stand tall over the elite. Marco, what did you think of the uh, the last 10 minutes of All Out? Oh, man. Um, I think everyone's expecting, obviously, the rumors are Daniel Bryan's going to show up. Daniel Bryan's going mm-hmm. to show up. Blah, blah, blah. But little did we know that we got, like, kind of like a pre- like kind of like a preview in the middle of the pay per view, um, when uh, Britt Baker did the uh, the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny what you say that because Seth and I both said we're like, "Oh, Adam Cole's coming out tonight," but we kind of just said it flippantly. You know what I mean? We were just like, yeah. "Oh yeah, Adam Cole's here tonight." You know, <laughs> uh, having no idea that he was actually going to like storm out at the end of the show. I was yes. Like, oh, yeah. So she did the uh, when she did the point and everything too. Like she mm-hmm. did exactly like how he would do it. Um, but yeah, when he, yeah, obviously when he showed up, crowd went nuts. And that when when he got everyone to do the, the Adam Cole bit, like that literally that whole crowd was in sync. It was so it was loud. No, did not, yeah, it was, yeah. it was super loud. And then obviously he's still, he's still using the Bay Bay. I didn't, I thought that might be like a, you know, that I thought WWE may have uh, ended found, up, a to no. found a way to trademark <laughs> it. You know what I mean? I know it's been a thing before that, you know what I mean? But, uh, I thought I think maybe. Yeah. I think yet. it's, I think a lot of these guys are a little bit smarter than, before where they're not going to get their likeness and their name yeah, snatched away by the WWE. That. So yeah. Cause he's yeah. got the all elite baby shirt now. Yep. Um, and then obviously he turns heel. We thought he was coming out to save the day and 
you know, take out Kenny Omega, but he didn't. Um, kick Jungle Boy's head off. Yeah, kicked his head off, and you know, got the got the double kisses on the cheeks from uh, from the Bucks, and the, the, and the Bucks. kiss on the back of the head from uh from it Kenny was Omega. So good. It <laughs> just it just felt so heelish. Like it was so amazing. It was it was, like, it was a good moment. It was a feel good yeah feel good moment for the heels. But then you it was the, a feel the, good feel bad moment. You yeah, know? you heard the yeah the you heard the dinner. I think that's when everyone literally like jumped out of the seats because that was unexpected. Yeah, everybody was still high on just seeing Adam Cole come out. They they were still wrapping their mind around the fact, and they thought, "Oh yeah, this is the big debut." And it was like, "No, no, son, we're not done." You know, and they brought out freaking Brian Danielson. It was. uh, I'm so bummed that uh, that we didn't get the final countdown for the theme. I was reading about it afterwards, um, and actually did some research. So Europe was going to charge AEW fifty thousand dollars every time. Jesus. To use the uh, final play. countdown song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, every single play, and, uh, and and it turns out Europe actually hates the song "Final Countdown." I guess they were trying to be like a serious yeah. band, and they just made that song kind of as a joke, and then it ended up being you know just a legendary song, and yeah. they actually hate that. So they they raised the licensing fee so much that um, that no one will ever want to use that song. And keep it going, which is kind of weird, you know. I, I I'm all about cashing them checks, man. Yeah. So. I'd be like, yeah, sure, you guys can use it, but but yeah, so that's why that's why we just got more Flight of the Valkyries instead of uh, more final, uh, a Final Countdown in eight. But they threw a little eight oh eight on there, made oh Daniel Bryan feel a lot more cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it was just because you know he's kind of just like this like nerdy like fan favorite in WWE oh, yeah, with Flight of the Valkyries. But yeah, that yeah he's, he's a, a little bit guy. vanilla. Yeah, he's a vanilla <laughs> guy. Um, I love Daniel Bryan, but yeah, when whenever he came out and he had a little bit of a little bit of flavor to his music, I was like, oh my gosh, what yeah, is that, going that, on? And, a, he, and he had the Brock, he had the Brock Lesnar hairdo, you yeah. know, <laughs> not the physique, but you yeah, know, he, yeah, never, he lived, yeah, he some more weights. Yeah, Jordan, what what about you, man? What did you think of the ending of All Out? Yeah, man, I, like you guys said, dude, when Adam Cole came out, I was like. Oh my god, dude! They this dude just main evented an NXT show two weeks ago, and now yeah. this dude's on AEW. Like this is like something that you never thought you would see in your life. Like, I mean, I I thought we'd see him in AEW, but I thought we'd be at least a couple months out. I'm like, damn, dude, two weeks. The body ain't even got cold yet. Yeah. Like WWE's like, oh damn, dude, you're already there. And then I was like, all right, well, that's a pretty cool ending. And then he turns heel. I'm like, oh, cool. They'll do, they'll do the Ghost of Adam Cole thing on BTE. It'll be awesome. And then Daniel Bryan came out, and I was just like, oh, my God, dude. And, and I literally looked at Ari. I was like, they just literally just changed wrestling as it sits right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, when you debut two of – I don't care what anyone says. Like, everyone has their thoughts on Daniel Bryan. Like, he got so over on his own – just by do by with the crowd and everything and and then Adam Cole dude we've we've all said this numerous times that dude is a superstar like there's mm-hmm. there's no stopping that dude when he gets going oh yeah the uh i think this is a real game changer for WWE because all of the defections so far from people from WWE to AEW they've been people who were kind of like misused or you know just not properly utilized um to their fullest potential both these guys, though, yeah. were pushed to the moon the entire time. You know, Adam yeah. Cole, it's between him and Johnny Gargano for the best NXT superstar of all time. He has basically been a main eventer from the and NXT from the time he showed up. And Daniel Bryan was in the main event of WrestleMania freaking five months ago, you mm-hmm. know? So yep. um, both these guys were used. I mean, Daniel Bryan was actually on the creative team in WWE. Um, 
towards the end of his run there. And yeah, that's right. they still chose to go to AEW. So if Vince hadn't been paying attention before, I think he definitely is now. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the response is over the next few months um, to, to like I said, to, to Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan joining AEW. Because mm-hmm. they... And CM Punk. Yeah, we, we forget CM Isn't Punk it, is there too. You know what I mean? From a business standpoint, WWE is obviously still, you know, far and away the industry leader. But from a creative standpoint, and just as a wrestling fan, um, AEW is definitely must see TV. Yeah, gonna, yeah, they're yeah, must see TV right now. I'm gonna say a hot take. They have no response whatsoever. There's nothing yeah, they can do. Don't even right, acknowledge them right now. And no, not even that. They, I mean, not even that. Not like don't respond to them. I just think don't think they have any response. Like there's nothing they can do to combat what AEW is doing right now. And that's outside of getting the rock and stone cold to come back full time and wrestle legit. All they could do is like bring back the rock or bring back John Cena to get the numbers back up. And as far as like impact and what's happening in wrestling, not in the business of wrestling, but what's happening in ring and the creative part of things. Yeah. There's, they're well, you know, everything, right now. everything that they do from this point forward, it's going to feel forced, you know, just like just like with when they did, you know, SummerSlam, they're like, oh, well, you know, CM Punk came back. So like they had to bring out Brock and Becky, you know what I mean? Like just to just to make a difference or just try to like, you know, um, you know, hang with AEW. But like everything that, I think the WWE tries to do yeah. is going to be is going to feel like, you know, they're, 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 they're trying, trying hard. Yeah, they're just yeah. trying to like like trying to keep up in that sense, which which I like because maybe that'll you know, spark something within WWE to go, look, we get a, we have to, you know, go back to the drawing board and I figure don't know, things out. I mean, unless they really, unless they just like turn the slate over and start clean, I don't think there's any way because they just have no interest in doing long-term booking and long-term storytelling that actually matters like week to week, you know? I mean, they just, I don't know. They run the same things back every week and yeah. it just always, like I said, they, the last five years feels the same, you know? So, it's I just think, like they're, they're literally just I feel like they're like compartmentalized shows. You know, they very rarely like, you know, arch back to like something that happened months ago. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. I, I think there's one thing WWE could really do right now. And this is probably just me hoping for this. But dude, bring back Keith Lee, make him a big deal and give us the call back to 2019 Survivor Series between him and Roman. Dude, oh, yeah. that is your money right there. Like, yeah. dude, WWE main roster made Keith Lee into a star that weekend, and they've done nothing with him since then. Like, I, I just nothing. The dude literally is a superstar. They have a superstar just waiting for him to use. Like, if you want somebody to wrestle Roman, that's your dude right there, man. But I think it just goes back to the. It's not. It's a. He's a superstar, but not a superstar that was created within the. Like WWE, I get it. Like main roster, yeah. he was created in NXT, and if and if if you don't believe right now or by now that WWE does not like NXT, he's not WWE trademarked. Yeah, yep. so like if you if you still have that thing where it's like they're all under one umbrella, look at what look at the logo change, look at the look at the revamp that they're gonna do next week, and see what see what's happening. Look at Triple H. I mean. <laughs> Thank God he's like good right now, but I mean, <laughs> you see, Vince caused Triple H's heart attack. No, I was gonna say, no, but they, no, no, not even that. Hands on, uh, on Triple H's baby, and I was in hand. I was even like, alluding to. I, I was alluding to that. I was thinking like, 
the, like the rumors that they actually away. like they pushed him away from creative. Ah, uh, okay, okay. That thing, like they don't want him to be. <laughs> yeah, he's not a part of the NXT creative anymore. So that, that's, that's, what, that's what he had to go to the hospital for. They had to fix his broken heart. Oh you know. God. Oh my god. So that, see now, yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's what. Right. Uh, Doctor Marco Chagrin. Let's hear from the two guys. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right, so it's time for the Royal Rumble segment. You guys know the drill by now. I'm going to tee up a, uh, a discussion point, and each of our uh, cast members has 30 seconds to discuss. Marco, you're up first. So Bobby Lashley and MVP earned a shot at the Raw Tag Team Championships this coming Monday night. It looks like we're heading towards Bobby Lashley feuding with RK-Bro. At a Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, I want to hear who should get the next shot at the WWE Championship. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going with I'm going with Riddle, uh, just for the sheer fact that they're both former MMA fighters. Um, it would definitely make for a good matchup. I kind of don't want to see Randy Orton go for another title shot right now, mainly because he's not in that run that he was earlier this year or late last year. Um, so I think it's I think it's kind of like a hindering on the fact that uh, you know he doesn't have that marquee place anymore in, the, in that mm-hmm. in the title position. Yeah, Riddle and Lashley would slap. I think that would be a hell of a match. Um, so I got no beef with that. All right, Sheena, you're up next. John Moxley won the Game Changer Wrestling Championship from Matt Cardona over the weekend. Mm-hmm. If you could book him in a death match with one WWE wrestler right now, who would it be? I'm gonna have to go. I think Kevin Owens is is the man to do it. You know, he's he's no um, he's no newbie to like hardcore style wrestling. I mean, the the guy can go. I mean, he's just he's built like a brick shit house. I would love to see those two guys go at it and just literally, you know, slice and dice and beat the dog crap out of each other. And not to mention, like both those guys are just incredible wrestlers. So, come down to it, I want to see John Moxley versus KO in a death match. Yeah, that would be cool. They had a hell of a uh, last man standing match at the 2016 Royal Rumble. Can um, I, oh, before you jump to Jordan, can I add yeah. that Matt Cardona did lose the uh, GCW championship, but he is still your GCW Universal champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forget that. Yeah, with that awesome spirit <laughs> belt he made. Oh. I want to see Moxie and Roman. I, I figured you would said Roman. I feel like that'd be such a compelling match right now because. They're just like the antithesis of each other. You know, Mox is the anti-corporate guy and Roman is like the ultimate like WWE corporate champion. True. You yeah. know, I, you know, if I was just thinking like blood feud, like kayfabe wise, yeah, I would have went that way. I was just actually kind of thinking like what would actually be the best match and oh, who, yeah. who, who would be willing to go and put their body on the line in that way in like an actual death match, you know, and oh, like yeah. be able to perform. You know, I don't, I don't, to me, I don't want to see Roman getting jabbed with, with light tubes and stuff. You know what I mean? I feel oh. you. All right, Jordan, you're up next. So, the, probably the most compelling thing WWE's done over the last couple months. Ooh. The end of SmackDown last Friday night, we saw just a quick little subtle tease for the Demon making his return after almost two years away. 
I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Will Demon Finn be the one to end Roman's reign? No. I, I, I honestly don't know who on the roster will end his reign, but I... I just find it hard to believe that Vince is about to strap Finn Balor with the title and beating the hottest guy in the company. He I did it once, man. I, I know he did it once, and look what happened. Like, he got hurt. Like, this is Vince's thing about small guys, man. He does not like small guys. He He's always said it. He feels like they get injured more, and I, I just don't think it's happening. All right, so Jordan says no. To the demon regaining the universal championship. All right, Marco, mm-hmm. you're up next. So, uh, a really, really cool little mashup. Shout out to whoever discovered this because I did not pick up on it at all from watching this, even though I'm a huge fan of this match. Uh, CM Punk and Darby Allen borrowed heavily from for Bret Hart and the One Two Three Kids classic match from Raw back in uh, in 1994. Um, sticking with that theme, what's another classic match you would like to see kind of uh, reinterpreted? With modern wrestlers, oh boy, um, just comes to mind because uh, I was just watching them on TV earlier. Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, sixty-minute Iron Man match. Um, yeah, that same spots. They can literally. I mean, obviously they're you know they're a little bit more athletic. Yeah, little, the move sets are a little bit better nowadays, so they can add some new things. But yeah, if they were to do That'd that, like cool. spot for spot, uh, I think be pretty cool. Especially, uh, you know, Kenny Omega kicking the uh, the guy in the chair would be pretty oh, awesome yeah. as well. Um, just like just if just if reenacting that whole match would be pretty yeah insane. Yeah, um, the Iron Man match. As much of a Brett fan as I am, I actually didn't love that match when I saw it as a kid. And really, for like probably the fifteen or twenty years after that, like I was always kind of thought it was, that match was more just a long match than like a good match, but. Uh, the last like three or four years, I've really come to appreciate some of the pacing yeah. and, and the way they worked that one. And yeah, I, I think that match is actually a little bit more underrated historically. Um, it doesn't get the credit it's due. Um, so uh, just breaking kayfabe for a minute on the podcast. We sent out a script. Everybody gets their kind of world rumble topics beforehand. It's not a script. Yeah, it's not a script. It's a format. So that way they can kind of think through it's their thoughts. It's got bullet points. We got a mystery yeah. question for Sheena right now. That's you guys know I freaking hate. I like. I hate. Oh this. man, Sheena has no wait. idea what I'm about to ask her. All right. I have like the and worst anxiety. I hate guys, like. You guys have no idea how mad she is for even launching this on her. But we're gonna ask Sheena right now. The NFL season kicks off. Oh my god! Tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, you guys will hear this episode Friday morning. All right, we're recording on Wednesday night, so in real time, oh it kicks off tomorrow. Sheena, we want to hear it right now. Who is going to? <laughs> what's going to be the Super Bowl this year, and who is going to win? Oh my god! Um, uh. So I'm going to go with the Bucks are going to be there. That's a pretty safe bet, right? Okay. Um, I think so. Yeah. The Bucks and let's – I don't even know who's good in the AFC anymore. <laughs> um, let's go with maybe the Colts. Oh. Yeah. So you think the Colts, even though Carson Wentz, they're starting to keep the out. <laughs> <laughs> 
think they're going to the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, you know, anything is possible. So who's going to win? So the Colts and the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. Who's winning? It's got to be the Buccaneers, right? So she is picking Brady. Gotta go Brady. I mean, yo, how do you how do you pick against that, Brady? That's always a safe bet. They're returning all, all their starters on offense and defense from their, their championship team last year. So she Can I? Okay, Bucks. so if you're a new listener to this show, I just want to preface this by saying I haven't always been this disconnected from the NFL. I used to run my fantasy football league. I was a hardcore football fan, NFL fan. I mean, like Jordan can attest to this. Jordan's been there like the whole time. I, I I just literally feel like I, I, you know, after the The Falcons broke Sheena, yeah, the Falcons broke me after they lost the the Super Bowl to uh, the Patriots. I, I feel like I never felt the same about football again. And then just kind of like you know all the the crap. Like I just I feel like football's kind of gotten weak <laughs> over the last <laughs> few years. You know, it's kind of like weak sauce. So um, I feel like um, you know I I don't want all of you guys to um, feel like I'm just like a complete novice in this in this realm. <laughs> All right, Sheena's going the Bucks over the Colts. That's a long horse. If you, if you got in and What's, Vegas, oh, so as, you know, if yeah. you really trust Sheena, I, there's a lot of money to be made by throwing some money down on, on, on a Colts futures pick for the Super so Bowl. So what, what's it really looking like out there in, yeah. the, in the NFL? Uh, Marco, we'll go to you, man. What's your pick for the Super Bowl this year? Oh, man. Definitely the Bucks. They're, they're, I mean, Tom Brady's – he's an unstoppable force. He proved that last season where he – it was his first appearance in the AFC – and he just literally dominated everyone there. So um, that wasn't a cop out. Let me think. Who who in the NFC? I think you got to run back the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs. I think you got to go Bucks and so Chiefs again. Bucks maybe? Chiefs again. Super Bowl back, rematch. Back to back, maybe. And who's who's winning? Uh, man, you can't you can't let Brady get your number twice. So you think Chiefs Patrick Maybe, Mahomes getting his second ring? But yeah, so he has the experience. He 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 got the he got this is it would be his third Super Bowl if he were to make it this year, right? Yeah. His third one. Yeah. So you know, he you know, won the first one, lost the second, get the cobwebs out. You know, if he is facing Tom Brady again, you know, he he already faced him before, so he knows what he's going up against. Pat um, Mahomes actually played his ass off last year, but yeah, the, the offensive line was just they were so banged Awful. up by that point that they couldn't protect yeah. him. Yeah, he so, it, yeah. it was one of the best losing efforts we've ever seen from a QB, and he was making some crazy ass plays. Yeah, so despite I think the this, fact he was running for his life. Yeah, I think this time around, if they do, you know, rematch again, I think uh, I think the Chiefs are they're probably coming on the winning the winning side. Jordan, what's your pick, man? Um, I just I. I'm going to go a little different here. Like somebody asked me this today too. Uh, AFC, I'm going to go with the Bills. I just – I, I feel like they were so close last year. Yeah. And I just feel like they learned from it. And they are a better team than they were last year too. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bills from the AFC. NFC, dude, I think a lot of people are sleeping on uh, the 49ers in the NFC, honestly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Falcons. I was like, this oh, guy, Falcons. this guy. How dare you? The Jordan Falcons always loves to root the, for an underdog. The Falcons dude. are going to win six games this year. You you heard it here <laughs> first. Uh, no, I just feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the 49ers, dude. That team is deep, and they're completely healthy this year. Yeah, I, yeah. They're, they're going to make a run, man. Yeah, the, and I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. Um, he's just he hasn't had a lot. The the QBs haven't been able to stay healthy for him. That's a big deal. But now he's got Jimmy G. He's got uh, was it Lance Fields right Trey or Lance Trey Lance yeah, Trey Lance yeah Trey Lance yeah that's the QB they got. 
Um, yeah, I think the Niners are going to be good. What kind of name I, is Trey Lance? I agree with you, Jordan. I think the Bills are making that the AFC. You guys kind of teed me up. It's a dark horse pick. I think the Falcons are going to come out of the NFC as the NFC champs this year. Wow. So <laughs> had, they have had one of the most talented rosters the last three or four years. If you look at it, they have been historically unlucky. The one-score games that have gone against them, the leads they've blown – and stuff. Um, it's like it's fluke type stuff that has caused them to lose. They got a really, really talented roster. They got an awesome new head coach and Arthur Smith, who had the the most dynamic offense in the NFL the last few years with the Tennessee Titans, with the stuff they were doing with Ryan Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry. But more importantly, the thing people are sleeping on, they got Dean Pease as a defensive coordinator now. So he is a master at generating pass rush and pressure. I think the Falcons are going to win the NFC Championship, and I think they're going to lose in the Super Bowl, though, to the Bills, just like you said, Jordan. I think uh, that you know Josh Allen is a freaking stud, and Brian Dayball, he's basically had all restrictions removed from the offense. If you looked at their their Week Three dress rehearsal in the preseason, like where you really get to see what the team's going to look like, they only ran the ball five times in the first half of that game. So these guys are going to cut it loose. They're going to be throwing it deep all year long. And I think the Bills are coming out of the AFC and they're going to finally win the Super Bowl. They're going to right the wrongs from, you know, 1990 through 1993 when they lost four straight Super Bowls. And I think the Bills are going to beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl this year. So you heard it here first, man. Put those, throw some money down on the Falcons and the NFC champions. I think they can do it. Can I wake up now? all right let's get into the beverage break All right, so I'll start off the weekly beverage break. Uh, again, we recorded a Patreon-exclusive episode before this, so I've been on the hard liquor all night. <laughs> I'm drinking a double Basil Hayden bourbon mixed with vanilla Coke. All right, and I am drinking the same thing as I did last week. I forgot to put my new fall uh, variety in the fridge today, so I'm drinking my, my last week's fall variety. It's same Smart Mouth Brewing Company, local here in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. The Princess Oktoberfest. Uh, it's freaking delicious, so cannot recommend it enough. It's a good fall, uh, good fall blend without being like you know pumpkin beer. So highly recommend if you have Smart Mouth in your area to try there at their Princess Oktoberfest uh, brew. What about you, Marco? What are you sipping on? Um, taking taking it light this time around because I don't want to get mm. uh, too crazy. So I'm going with some uh some nineteen nineteen crizzle. Oh baby! Oh my oh, god! Man. <laughs> I'm finally <laughs> here for one of these stupid ass things. <laughs> oh my god! I know. Oh my oh, gosh! For, so oh, for it, show. It's got. It's definitely got to be. You're drinking the Snoop Dogg nineteen crizzle, right? Oh, of course. I mean, what else is there? You yeah, can't really, you know. I wouldn't say Crizzle if it wasn't if it wasn't Snoop Dio Double Jizzle. Now I know how Seth feels when you guys say this. My God, it's even worse when you're here to hear it. 
Oh yeah, Seth, Seth took a Seth took a quick bathroom break, so he missed he missed that uh, that oh, whole uh, little God. interaction. So. I, 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 can, I can edit that out, Marco. I, I, I heard Sheena talking, and I can imagine what you were saying. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I stepped in very nicely for you. He took he it did. down a notch because during the Patreon exclusive episode, he was he was hitting some uh, he was hitting the WrestleMania seventeen. Um, you know, Chick. That's a Chick Fil A trademark. We, we I think I pretty much think we we. Yeah, made the WrestleMania that. 17 the Wrestle- margarita. Yeah, the WrestleMania 17 margarita. So he was drinking the Broken Skull margarita with uh, the Terramana tequila. Uh, yeah. uh, and then he took it down a little bit. He's trying, to, he's trying to mellow out before bedtime. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? What are you sipping on? I'm drinking a beer. Um, this is my favorite brewery. It's out of Chicago. It's Goose Island. I'm drinking Green Line tonight. Um, I-, I love Goose Island beers. They they always hit perfect. So uh, I'll be doing Oktoberfest all week next week. So I'm Ooh, ready, baby. man. Awesome. And we have to shout out, um, we, we connected with, uh, this other podcast. So it's beer dad and brood. They are, they, they do, um, it's you know, craft beer podcast. it's a craft beer podcast. Yeah. Super, super cool guy. Um, he, he hit us up and, you know, wanted to do a collaboration because, um, this, uh, what was it? Arrowhead, Arrow Lodge Brewing Company released a Hitman beer. And the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be West Coast IPA. Yes. And dude, let me just tell you, first of all, that's what I was drinking during All Out. It is smooth. And it's 9.2% alcohol. Ooh, I was ooh, hammered. Dangerous. I game. was hammered. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. by the end, if you saw it's, my stories. It's not bitter at all, man. Like, it does it's not taste. Very dangerous dude, it's smoother. You know how much, you know, I am like, I love Broken Skull IPA. Like that's, that's probably my, my favorite beer, you know, besides just like a, an ice cold Miller Lite. But dude freaking that is that is some damn good stuff i'm kind of sad that like we had to have it shipped in from california because uh i'm I'm bummed that the ones we have out in the garage are the only ones that we have so um super smooth if you have it in your area definitely check it out but we took some we took some uh figure figure photography for them i put my ringside exclusive brett up with the beer and the can took a picture for them to post on their uh on his uh feed and yeah so definitely check out the beer dad and brood podcast uh, you can follow them at beer dad and brood i know our buddy zach hertzler will definitely give him a follow he's a he's a craft beer aficionado so definitely check those check those guys out or check him out and uh you know let's uh i'm done with the beverage break dude yeah all right let's get into the figure four bit version of Ric Flair drip has no reason to knock his heart. Yeah, I like it. What did you say it's called? What's, what's this genre? Chip hop. Yeah, chip hop. That's the name of the genre. Uh, let's get into it. So our top four stories from the figure world this week. We'll kick it off with, uh, again, All Out was one of the best pay-per-views of the last few years. Jordan, what is your most wanted figure from All Out? Dude, this is tough because th- there were some really good figure reveals at All Out. Um, I'm extremely excited for Brody Lee. Obviously, that's that's definitely a must buy fig. Um, well, no, 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 I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking. What is from the actual show? From the of show, All Out. yeah, yeah. Who would you most want to see made? Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, the Young Bucks, hundred percent. The Young Bucks or or uh. The Lucha Bros. The Lucha Bros is probably Lucha Bros one. with the Aztec yeah. gear. Yeah, made. that's Dude, probably that. number one. Yep. Yeah, I agree. We, me and she were going back and forth when the Lucha Bros came out. I said, "Yeah, I need these guys' figures right away." But then the Bucks came out, and I was like, "Shit, I feel like I might want the Bucks <laughs> yeah. more than I want the Luchas." The Bucks, 
the luchas were like just over the top toy edit, but the bucks just looked so damn cool when they came out, man. Yeah. So, it, maybe give us a four pack. Just give us that whole match. You know, G- give us the whole match. With give us steel. a nice hundred dollar pack. Yeah, yeah. Give us the four figures <laughs> with the uh, with the steel cage accessory to go with the AW ring. I think that's I think that's the way to go. Wow, so, Jeremy, that's not asking much. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a hundred bucks for the set, I think that's what you need. You that's know? true. You need the tax. Figures? You need the taxed, um, uh Travis Scotts too. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> baby, I forgot about those. Yeah, that, those are sick, dude. Uh, Marco, what, what about you, man? What's your most wanted face from All Out? From All Out? Damn. Um, I think you, you have to go with Pants Punk, I'm assuming. Cause, uh, <laughs> CM Pants. You know, that, CM Pants. I think CM we're Pants. getting that. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that that would definitely have to be one because that, that'd be probably the, if that's the first figure ever mm-hmm. with like with Pants for CM Punk, so it'd be yeah. pretty interesting. Um, other than that, probably just that you, like, like our Jordan said, the Lucha Bros would probably be my, uh, my other pick because yeah. their game is pretty awesome. Um, the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks are probably, I mean, they'd be pretty hard to do. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't on. know you if they could do the Nike checks, man. I don't, I don't yeah. know how Nike would feel about uh, throwing on the figures, especially if, like Jordan said, you got to have the tact uh, Jordan 1 weapon also, man. So that may be something yeah. where maybe maybe they do it in a way that makes it very easy for the customizers to add in the swoosh. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, you got to have the Jordan logos on there. Yeah, because you can't even do the upside down one because that's a new port. So, like, you yeah. can't even get away with anything like that. So. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> the menthol bucks. That, that is something. I was not even prepared to hear that. Um, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Ruby Soho. You know, Ruby Wright had that stellar freaking elite from um, the NXT series that, you know, well, the, the killer NXT series that they had. Um, looked amazing. Literally looked like they shrunk Ruby Riot down um, to miniature. But I, I would yeah. love to see a Jazzwares version of Ruby Soho in that gear. Her gear looked awesome. She just looked toyetic AF. I just feel like, uh, you know, that that's that's the fig. Uh, Marco, from the figure reveals we got at the AW Fan Fest, what, were, what are you most excited to see? Oh, man, so many. I was like freaking Twitter figures that whole <laughs> afternoon just trying to like keep up with everything. But uh, of course, you know, Unmatched Series 4. We're getting a, uh, a suit, Cody Rhodes. Wow. Oh my that's God, a, that's probably the most wanted figure out of all of them. Um, <laughs> I can't believe Jordan just laughed because he knew exactly what I was doing. I knew it was coming. But no, um, in all seriousness, um, Unrivaled Collection Series 9 is probably my favorite because it's all new. There's no repeats yeah, in Series cool. 9. You get, you get Eddie Kingston, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Brian Cage, uh, Will Hobbs, Christian, and Ricky Starks. So it's a it's an all new set. Um, and uh, obviously the ringside exclusive um, bloody Brit Brit Baker will be pretty pretty yeah. awesome as well uh, with the different head sculpts. Uh, that's actually a part of the uh, uh, what, what was that? What was the uh, the two pack with um, Cody and Dustin? It was called the Blood. Yeah, it was Blood the Blood Brothers. Set. Yeah, was- so they. Yeah, so this is like the second Blood Brothers set. I thought it was Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts, yes. So this is a set. So this is actually going to be another um, series of the Blood and Guts set. So it's going to be Blood and Guts, Doctor Britt Baker. That's how they're naming. So it's actually the second figure in that series. So it looks like it's going to be a an ongoing series of uh of of bloody characters. So I wonder who's going to be next. I know in in the uh, in that one. But yeah, who's next? Yeah, yeah. Those are ton of reveals. A lot of stuff we've seen already. 
mm-hmm. uh, from the last uh, pay per view, uh, the other fan fest. But the uh, I think the Luminaries, uh, um, Chris Jericho is going to be pretty awesome as well. Yeah, that's my that's my most excited one. The, the Corazon de Leon, yeah, man. Corazon, the, uh, the Lionheart, Lionheart yeah. man. Yeah, so I, I'm really pumped for that one. It's the first time we're getting that figure in uh, you know in any kind of toy form. Uh, what about you, Jordan? What are you most excited to see? Sorry, I already did this already, but uh, Brody Lee, I can't wait for that fig, man. That's gonna yeah. be a that's gonna be a banger. The Brit's gonna be awesome, um, yeah, dude. They they actually did do quite a bit of cool figs on this one. I was surprised, so I'm excited for all of them. But yeah, those are probably the two most excited for. All right, our good buddy Zombie Halo, Zombie Sailor has officially announced the uh, Heels and Faces Series Two set. It's gonna be Raven, Nick Gage, Danhausen, King Kong Bundy, Kevin Sullivan, and Bruiser Brody. Uh, me and Sheena got Series One, and the Jeff Jarrett already pre-ordered. Right? Are you guys all in on Series Two? Hundred percent. Oh, of course, Marker. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, especially with the uh, Nick Gage actually release the uh, yeah. the mold of it. Yeah, with the, uh, it looks sick, does, man. Yeah, it doesn't have the uh, the pizza cutter. It is. It it's is got a coming, broken light tube. It is yeah. a broken light tube, which is pretty awesome. They said awesome. it is going to come with an articulated pizza cutter and a socket yep. shirt as well, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the pizza cutter. He's doing his it uh, looks the just hand like gesture. It. I mean, this this it's freaking awesome. mold looks just freaking like it's the best. It, dude. dude, Nick Gage is the best baby face in the biz right now, man. I don't care what anybody says. I, I fucking love Nick Gage, man. I am all in on him. Like I said, like I said, zombie is. Uh, I think I tweeted this. I said zombie uh, sailor is. Uh, He's a national treasure and should be protected at all costs. Because what he's he's doing right now, especially with these figures and the the quality of these, like just just looking at the like looking at the not even the finished paint jobs or anything like that, just some molds are freaking insane. Like they they're pretty much lifelike when it comes. So yeah, I can't wait for series one and the Jeff Jarrett to uh, show up. But yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I can't actually wait for the Dan Housen. I'm actually appreciating to see what that's gonna look like. Um, Yeah, he's very toyetic. Yeah, if you haven't yet listened to his interview with uh, Renee Young on her podcast, it's pretty entertaining. Um, so it's not all peaches and cream in the world of wrestling figures this week. Mm. It's looking uh, more and more like we are not going to get the gray camo Adam Cole for in the Mattel Elite line. He's, I feel like he should have had a sound drop yeah, pulled he, up for that. He's not already up <laughs> It's for, so uh, hard <laughs> to say goodbye. He's, he's not up for pre-order yet, so I don't think he's going to be in the Bronson Reed camp where we end up getting him. Um, we have amazing figures of Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Roddy Strong, and Bobby Fish in gray camo, but it looks like... Adam Cole is going to elude us. So it's a, it's a moment of reflection for wrestling fans. Um, where do you guys kind of put him in the pantheon of missed opportunity figures? You know, we, we just finished mm. recording the, uh, the, the greatest tag teams episode where we talked about how LJN never had smash. Um, yeah. What do you think, man? <laughs> how much of a, of a black hole in you guys collection is it not getting this uh, Adam Cole and Gray camo? Mm. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you, man. I mean, I'm definitely disappointed, but I'm not like, Oh my my god! My collection's got to stop. Disappointed, like I, I mean, it's a, it's not as bad of an omission as we talked about earlier. Like demolition, only getting one fig in the LJN line, or <laughs> like, dude, it, it, I don't know, man. It, I I have so many Adam Coles that am I really gonna be like, ah, oh, damn, the great yeah. camos, the ones I really had to have, like, yeah. yeah and I enough. think uh, because he yeah, was kind of like the, barbarian because he was the leader of undisputed era. I'm kind of cool with having him in the black trunks and having the other three in the gray camo. It sets him apart a little bit. I, I can live with it. To me, my all-time missed one 
is uh, that we never got Jim Neidhart in Hasbro form in the mm-hmm. regular black and pink. You know, we he, he was just in the high energy gear. So if I could go back and, and add one, I think they'd probably be mine. I, w- I want to get a, a Hasbro uh, Jim Neidhart. W- what about you, Marco? What's your all-time missing figure? I'm not sure if it's an all-time missing figure, but definitely uh, a Jeff Jarrett in elite form. Yeah. Um, with that, with the gear he's actually uh, wearing in the uh, the heels and faces line. I think that's definitely a missed opportunity with a you do the ta- the the hat, you do the guitar, uh, the glasses, all that stuff. Um, so I want to see him go on Mattel Creations for like fifty bucks and have actual like light up features. You know, like oh, you can press yeah. a button in his jacket and had actually light up That'd like how he cool. did when he was uh, you know the world's greatest country singer. What about what about you, Jordan? What's your all time missing figure? Uh, I mean, dude, when this warlord comes out and if we don't get a barbarian, which we're probably not gonna, so we'll have to get it customized, dude, that tag team is just so toyetic for me. And the fact that we don't have an actual tag team of, uh, the powers of pain, it absolutely sucks. Like we don't have that in figure form. Like, so that, that's probably one for me right now, but, um, I still don't understand how we don't have a, the anvil in black and pink and Hasbro. that was that's a travesty, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if Mattel's still holding the rights to uh, the anvil for figures, but it, it, Zombie Sailor needs to jump on that one if it's at all a, a possibility, because that would be, uh, again, just fill a huge hole in our figure collections. Uh, Sheena, what do you got? Uh, we, we never like the Rhythm and Blues Greg Valentine, I think, is probably... The, yeah, a, a ginormous yeah. hole. In Definitely, a, I'm still hoping that collection. Mattel will release an elite of him. I think that would be awesome as a uh, a variant, you know. Uh, and and uh, th- on that same note, I think we know that AEW likes to troll WWE from time to time. How much of a troll job would it be if Jazzwares puts out Adam Cole and Gray Camo? You know, obviously they could use the Undisputed Era logo, oh but they, there's, there's nothing stopping them from doing an Adam Cole figure oh, just wearing oh, Gray Camo. That'd down. be great. Awesome. Um, he's probably going to sport Gray Camo at, in his first match or something because he's actually facing um, – well, who's he facing next week? They actually announced it. I forget, but he's actually wrestling next week. Let's say since punk punk went to pants, are we going to have, uh, is Adam Cole going to go to, to championship pants or is he going to wear? I think he sticks with the trunks. He's too small. Yeah. Yeah. That would be dope. If we wear the great camo. Um, and Adam Cole's a figure fan too. So he knows that he knows that we've been won this figure, you know, it's such a missing piece, but, uh, but yeah, Mattel missed the boat once again. Um, we still love you, Mattel, and love everything you're doing. Sometimes shit just kind of happens. Yeah, I think uh, the band figure, you know, he could just put like a big X on his butt. You know what I mean? True. Like it could just be like the, the gray camel with the X on the butt. I'll get the, uh, the weekly purchases started. So I only had one figure purchase this week. I did get my Chella Hayabusa figure shipped in. It looks oh, great. Nice. Uh, yeah, it looks awesome. It's going to fit in perfectly with the Hasbros and Retros. Um, so I encourage you guys, if you haven't already, to look into jumping in on the cello line because they got a lot of great figures coming out over the next year or so. Um, I had another I had another wrestling purchase, but it's actually going to be featured in Brandon Merch of the Week. So, Marco, I'll kick it over to you, man. What were your weekly purchases this week? I have nothing. Uh, my, uh, my purchases have not shown up yet. Um, I blame uh, the hurricane last week. So, but yeah. Shane Helms. Shane Helms came. Hurricane, yeah. Shane yeah. Helms. Uh, He's working my, uh, for USPS now or what? Yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so tomorrow um, I'll be having, I'll get my delivery tomorrow and I think the next day too. So next week. I'll so have teaser some, uh, for next some week. Purchase. Yeah. So, uh, but I do have a, I do, I do have a, a secondary 
uh, missing figure that I that I definitely need is the uh, the MVP Marco Denton um, Mad Reaper custom figure. That's one that's missing. <laughs> that's one that's missing in my collection. I have to get that. <laughs> that's uh, true. I have to get that made asap. Very true. Reaper's been laying low, man. I haven't seen anything from the Reaper in a while now. Dude, you, yeah, have, you, you have kids and your your hobbies go out the freaking window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Reaper, yeah. The Reaper's been in a slumber here lately. Uh, Jordan, what did you add to your collection this week, man? So the only thing I got this week was I got the Brutus Beefcake Chase Legends figure to round out the rest of that collection. So I am completely caught up with chases and everything on that now. Hell yeah. All right, let's hear from uh, Extra Cooler ahead of their big re-debut. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, it's time for Random Merch of the Week. I scored the pickup this week at the Virginia Beach Antique Mall. Uh, Jordan went there with us back in November when he came out to uh, spend the weekend with us. Pretty cool little spot. It's uh, it's not very organized. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge, actually. Um, And you really got to know your way around the place. But um, this, I, I picked up the 1997 WWF trivia game. This set really gained some buzz late last year when trading cards really started to explode. And um, it, for whatever reason, people suddenly identified the trivia cards of Steve Austin and The Rock as like their unofficial rookie cards. That Rock card, if it's graded out as like a PSA 10, it's selling for thousands and thousands of dollars on eBay. Um, so I'm I'm there. I see this set in the box, right? And they got it marked for only 40 bucks. So I'm like, I'm thinking, well shit, maybe it's just a box or maybe this thing's already picked clean or it's in really poor condition. Um, I, I, I asked the guy to, to, you know, let me, let me see it, take a look. And, uh, I'm, I'm stunned to find actually in top loaders, like hard, you know, hard sleeves, the rock and Steve Austin's rookie cards are like perfectly preserved in there. So I try to no sell it. Cause you know, sometimes it can get a little shady at these like thrift stores. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll go and take this. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to show any excitement. Draw any attention to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I walked out the door yesterday for 40 bucks. I grabbed a complete set. It has all 30 of the wrestler cards, all the trivia cards, everything you need of this 1997. It's all in good set. condition too. Like there's no, like there's no folds in the cards or anything yeah, like every, that. Yeah. Like, it, this thing's, it's, it's pretty mint. It, it's, it's used, it's opened up. I can tell that, you know, these things have been thumbed through at least, but um, it's about as minty as it gets. I haven't made my mind up on what I'm going to do. You know, Jordan's kind of been my spirit guide on this. He's, he's big in the trading cards game. Um, so I don't know if I'm actually going to get this rock and Steve Austin, 
PSA graded and try to sell them. I may sell them raw or I may just hang on to it because it is a pretty cool set. And I think we're going to have some fun with the trivia cards. That's actually going to be the new, uh, the kind of new um, closing segment for the yeah. show each week. Uh, I had this as a kid. I remember getting this as a kid at Toys R Us when it came out. Uh, Marco, Jordan, did either one of you guys have this um, growing up? I did, uh, not. I did not. Yeah, I, I had this, and I just, it never even crossed my mind. I never even looked at the wrestler cards as like actual trading cards. I thought they were just like game pieces. So I, I remember kind of cracking up last year when I saw that these things were really blowing up in value. But now we have it as part of our collection. Um so I don't know, uh, Jordan. Did you get? It? I know we talked yesterday about it, man. Did you get a chance to look any more into the? You know, do you get any more advice for me on the the business aspects of this thing? So I looked into it a little bit more for you, and dude, this is just such a tough thing because getting them getting those two graded is obviously going to be in your best interest. But like I told you yesterday, grading now is just so weird with trading cards. Like the lead time is so far off and stuff. And, I mean, and I'm gonna. Be- you put in another couple hundred bucks in on this thing, dude. So, but I mean, if you get if you get a graded anywhere from nine to ten on either one of those cards, I mean, dude, you're talking you're talking a, a lot of money, man. Like, so so part of me thinks like it would be worth it for you to do it, but part of me is like, dude, I almost would hang on to that if I was you just just to say you have it. You know, I mean, yeah. Because there cannot be that many completed sets rolling yeah, around. It, yeah, you're right. Maybe just set on it for a few years and so does a complete set down the road. It is a complete set. I, it's first set I got home, I counted all the cards. I got all 30 of the wrestlers in there. You know, wow. Savio Vega, uh, Fake Diesel, a bunch of really big stars, man. I think that Triple H <gasps> oh, is considered his rookie, right too. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize the Triple H was rookie as well. I, I knew think the Rock it is. Steve Austin were. Yeah. yeah what, what, what's your thoughts, Sheen? Sheen's thumbing through the set right now. I love it. I think, I mean, I'm like, I'm super nostalgic to this kind of stuff. Like even the box, the box just smells like an old library. You know what I mean? Like it's just got that, like, I don't know, like musty smell. Um, it was a hell of a score for 40 bucks. Yeah. Man. It, it, it would be a score for 40 bucks. Like even if it didn't have the freaking the um, the rookie cards yeah. in there. Yeah. I told Seth, we should just keep it and play with it. I told him like, cause he's, he's considered himself. He's like called himself an expert a few times on the podcast. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to test you. I'm going to see how much of an expert you are. I'm going to hit you with some trivia questions. In the for, middle of the uh, the podcast, for you know? the uh, the premium Foley fan members listening, our good buddy Phil D in the UK, he's already getting kicked up on the research. We're looking for a platform where we could do a Chick Foley show trivia night with all the uh, patrons and stuff. So yeah. that may be coming down the pipe uh, here pretty soon. But but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a uh, what's the it's Cardinal. If you guys want to look it up, or if you just want to have a reference point, if you're looking at you know thrift stores, if you got any antique toy stores around your place. It's, the Cardinal uh, WWF trivia game. One thing to know, there was a 1997 version and a 1998 version. I was lucky to score the 1997 version. It's the one that's much more valuable for resale purchases. The 1998 one is still cool as hell, but um, it doesn't have nearly the, uh, the the kind of resale value. So if you're looking at this for investment purposes, make sure you get the 1997 version because it could be a little bit tricky um, telling the difference between the two. Uh, Sheena, do we got any listener mail this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. First one comes in from aforementioned Zach Hertzler. Zach Squirtzler. Yep. He said, if you had a chance to book a dream match, uh, what? who would you pick and what type of match would it be and who would you want to win? So quickly, think of them. Dream match, 
Who, uh, what type of match and who do you want to win? Seth? I will go 1994 Bret Hart versus 2014 Brock Lesnar. And mm. Bret goes over. Wow. And who goes over? Bret, Bret. goes over? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Marco, you got any dream matches lined up? Um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely Bret Hart um, versus uh, Kurt Angle would probably be one of my uh, one of my dream matches. That would matches. be solid gold. Yeah. Solid gold. With a broken freaking neck. With a broken yep. freaking neck. Yep. All right, Jordan. God, this one's hard for me. Um, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I knew it was coming. That's also what she That's said. What she said. <laughs> oh, no. I got nothing for this one. I can't focus now. <laughs> oh, Jordan. All right. Johnny JB says, favorite Nick cartoon from the 90s mine is duck so he means nicktoons what's your favorite nicktoon from Ooh. the 90s god i love i love them all it's really uh again that's what I she say said rocco rocco is freaking amazing i'm probably gonna have to go with i mean i, I love me some hey arnold hey arnold is just like yeah, good I'll put hair on number two behind good rocco. quality good quality watching rocco is amazing but yeah there's I, I love all i will i would watch any nicktoon if it was on what about you guys you guys nick nick fans <sighs> Oh man, you got me. I'm, I'm going with Ren and Stimpy on that one. That was my. That's one uh, of the OGs. That That's jam. one of the OG threes. Yeah. Yeah, that was the. Uh, did you it get was, to watch that uh, documentary? By the way, the, the oranges. Uh, I watched part of yeah. it, and Seth got on to me. He got mad. He's like, "We well, want to watch that together." I'm like, "Dude, you're too slow." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's, yeah, no, that definitely that'll definitely bring back all the nostalgia feels. But yeah, Ren and Stimpy was always a. I always thought it was a weird, you know, cartoon. But that would obviously you get older, it's amazing, and you and you actually see it now. You're like, yeah. Kids shouldn't yeah. have been watching this <laughs> at all. That's what that's what made it awesome, dude. I think that's what made it like it was kind of like this, like you know, secret you had. You're like, oh, I'm just watching cartoons, you know, yeah. and Stippy like showing their butts and like farting and like you know, doing all Our the pit hairs, the nose adult, hairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> titty meat. There was like you know, like Mr. Uh, Powder, Powder Toast Man had a lot of titty meat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite tune, Jordan? Uh, I would probably go with the tie between Ren and Stimpy and Rugrats. Honestly, I you love like that. Rugrats. Oh, geez, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love those two a lot. So that's probably what I'd go with. All right, and we'll take one more for tonight. It says, uh, "This is from Rob Regino. He says, what do you guys think it will take for AEW to truly be considered the number one promotion in this country? Viewership, attendance number, social media? Um, the AEW product is clearly superior, and with the recent signings and potential Bray Wyatt future signing, uh, they've been closer. I'm WWE to the bone. I've been since '85." I'm the last guy to jump ship, and it's happening. Brian was big for me. I cannot get excited about WWE anymore. Sorry for the long question. So, so I'll, I'll take this one first as a business major. Um, right now, the way it is, the, AEW is like the movie that wins, you know, the Oscar for Best Picture, whereas WWE is like the Avengers, you know, dropping on on Memorial Day weekend and making you know 500 million bucks. Um, so to it depends on what you call number one. Uh, if he's talking about actual, like straight up business wise, AEW still got a long way to go. They got to go public. They got to be traded in the stock market and their stock prices got to be higher than WWE. That's what you got to judge it as. Um, at the end of the day, it's about dollars and cents more than anything critical or from like a fan enjoyment standpoint. And WWE is running laps around what anybody has ever done in the wrestling business, including themselves. You know, 2020 was their all time most profitable year. So despite how shitty the creative has been. WWE is crushing it from a business standpoint. 
Um, and AEW still got a long way to go to catch up to him there. I'm not hundred. I'm not a hundred percent sure if AEW is even profitable at this point with um, all the money they're showing out for talent acquisition. I think they're doing the right things for long term growth, but they got a ways to go to catch up to them from a business standpoint. Um, but what if it just becomes like the number one like household name, like viewership? You know, like when you go to watch yeah, like yeah, AEW. You know what I, I mean? I think that's like, what the que- I think that's what the question is. Is like if he's talking about that, I think AEW's the- already there. I think AEW. I don't is, think. Yeah. I don't yeah, think so. In, I think in the hardcore fans' mind, AEW's definitely number I one. Think they still really got to get a foothold for the casual fans. Go ahead, Marco. Yeah, I think to really prove it is to go on Monday, head to head with Monday Night Raw. That would be huge, dude. Head to head on Friday night. Smackdown. I love that idea. That's I, the I don't only. Know, I've never even thought of that before. Now, but yeah, that sounds. Yeah, no, I think they can. I think, and I legit think I'm. You know, grew up on WWE, WWF at the time. Love everybody, but if they show up on a Monday night. But they show WWE Raw is getting smoked. No, right now with well, the product the as it is. The thing about it is, people are already allocating that time to watch wrestling. You know, most weeks. So if there's like more options, you know what I mean. Like it, uh, it, it really puts WWE in the danger zone. Oh no! You know? it, it, some people it, it, are like, oh, wrestling comes on Monday nights, so they just tune into Raw. It, yeah, right? and now that they have Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, yeah. people that that they know that have well been on Monday Night Raw, really Daniel Bryan. They'll yeah. switch over to AEW just to watch it. CM Punk as well. If they yeah, if they go on if they go on a Monday night head to head with Raw, that's that and they beat, you know, them week in and week out, that'll truly put them in the number one position, I think. Anyway. Oh yeah. Jordan, you got any thoughts on this one? <sighs> I, I I like Marco's idea, but I think going to Monday night would be a death switch for AEW, honestly. See, it'd be like Napoleon going into Russia. Dude, you have four months of NFL football where you're already getting smoked. Oh, in yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, exactly. Yeah. I just I just feel like going to Monday night for AEW would be such – I get what you're saying. Like, they need to beat them in the ratings. Like, I 100% agree. But, dude, I just feel like that would be such a step back. Like, there's no way they're going to average over a million viewers during football season. Like, I think that would be – Well, neither one of them will. That's no, no, the whole no, thing. No, yeah. no, no, you're right. But I just yeah. feel like – there's so many like hardcore WWE marks that are gonna watch WWE no matter what, and I just don't want AEW to like take a backseat to anything at this point. Like, dude, my Wednesday nights reserved for AEW. Like, I, I don't yeah. give a shit what else is on. I'm watching AEW, man. Yeah. I, that's the show of choice. That my thing is like, how would you progress the product? Um, just being number one on Wednesday night every week that that's not gonna grow them at all. Yeah, I think they have to prove that they are. So they, they they're saying that they are better, and they're not keeping it a secret, um, at at all. Week in and week out, they're always taking jabs at WWE at some point, via via like vocally or subliminally. So, so I think I think you know even it they're gonna they're gonna get that you know they're gonna lose ratings on Mondays when football's yeah. on. That's a given. That's that's gonna happen. Um, you got you have to take that chance, and I think the only way they can actually prove is if they go head to head with the company that they want to, you know, beat in the ratings because they're not beating the WWE in the ratings on a Wednesday night. Yeah. I, I think I would probably do Friday night first, honestly. I know it's technically well, Friday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's technically their, their yeah. B show. Go head to head with SmackDown, dude. If you can even pull half a million viewers off SmackDown, that's a win for AEW. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like, yeah, like, right. I, like everyone goes off ratings, but dude, seriously, if if Rampage averaged one point five to two million viewers every Friday night, that's a gigantic win for oh, a company yeah. that's two years old. Yep. All right, Sheena, 
That puts a wrap on episode 144 of the Chick Foley Show. Remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco on the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show, and join our Foley fam, chickfoleyshow.com. And uh, make sure to subscribe. Well, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're subscribed, but leave us a review and you'll be entered to win um, the, the giveaway that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, Elite 86 Triple H. All you yep. have to do is drop a review and shoot a screenshot to Sheena. And remember to use code Chick Foley to save 10% at ringsidecollectibles.com. And now a new way to close the show. Sheena will be alternating each week who she's uh, hitting up with her trivia question. I think I'm uh, I'm first in the firing yep. line. So, Sheena, let's give us the trivia question All of right, the week. straight from the 1997 WWF World Wrestling Federation trivia game. Seth, who interfered in the Razor Gold Dust match at the 96 Royal Rumble? Oh, that's too easy. The one, two, three kid. <sighs> yep. Done. Son of a gun. Yeah, that was. Here, yeah. let me hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I got one more. Let me, let me try to. Well, stop hit you. up. You, who's, this has got to go to either, either Marco or Jordan. Are you, are okay, you? Jordan's our Jordan's our guest. Marco's gonna yeah. have plenty of oh, opportunities. Oh, oh, yeah, Jordan's yeah, our Jordan, guest. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. At the 1991 Survivor Series, who eliminated Skinner from competition? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> at, the, at the 1990, I'll say, I, I, actually, I have three. I'll give you, I'll give you the uh, multiple choice. At the 1991 Survivor Series, who eliminated Skinner from competition? Was it El Matador, Barbarian, or Sergeant Slaughter? Oh, boy. I'll go Tito. It's got it's Sergeant Slaughter. Sorry. Damn. Damn. I remember. That was a, that was a, that was a fucking deep cut right there. <laughs> I was like, Seth, did, you, did you know that, Seth? No, in your defense, I would have guessed Tito Santana also, dude. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was a brand new baby face that just, yeah. I was like, really, Sheena? That's what you give me? <laughs> Sorry. Damn. You know, you, you guys told me I lobbed a softball, so I was going to kind of come in swinging with uh, the next one. With this brand new, tri- you know, with this trivia game I scored, we have 800 questions, so we, know, we have the closing segment of the show for the next uh, 16 years now. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> so we're all set. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, remember subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, you know, subscribe, hit the button, review, and continue to show the love on social media and tell your friends about how much you love the Chick Foley show. Uh, Marco, you got any closing words for us this week? Um, I was going to actually pass it off to Jordan for because he's our guest. So, what closing words you got for us, Big God? Man, follow the fig god and live life to the fullest.